How you doing, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show, rocking out some new intro music so we can go ahead and get our vibes ready to go. I'm Isaac Hayes, the host of the Cajun Conservative Show. I'm glad that you decided to join us here on this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show, episode 122, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, 222. I'm losing track of all the episodes. 222 episodes. It is amazing that, that, that we have come this far and that God has allowed me to do what I love to do. Now, I, I don't do this for a living yet, but that is a dream of mine. And I see things that God is doing to bring that dream alive. And God is just doing great and marvelous things. I just can't wait to see what God continues to do. And a lot of people, a lot of people are happy just with the small things. And I, my last two, uh, uh, two pastors that I've, I've had the privilege of sitting under one I'm sitting under now, and one has gone with the Lord. Uh, but you know, it's, a. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, they, they said something to me, um, growing in, growing in the faith. They said, we, we serve a big God. So ask for things big. And I'm not one of these prosperity ministers. I don't believe you name it, you claim it and all this stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, we serve a big God. So we should go ahead and believe big, believe God for revival, believe God for things that are happening in the world today. But, uh, you know, you got to believe God for stuff big. And if you want God to bless you, you need to say, Lord, show me what to do. Help me to be in your will. And I'm going to go ahead and do that. So, uh, that, that's what, that's what I'm doing here. I'm just praying and saying, Lord, your will be done. I want to submit unto your will. If I'm submitting unto his will, my dreams are going to be his dream, his plan for me. And we're going to go ahead and go forward in this endeavor. Um, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the show, I do want to thank Givaderm. You know, there's a lot of skincare products out there in the market today, but none like Givaderm. Givaderm is a company that prides itself in, on making skincare products that will help your skin to stay healthy. Not like other skin pro care products that have toxins and chemicals that can hurt your skin. Do you know what, go what goes in your skin is in your bloodstream in 30 seconds? That's because of all the... You know, all the, all the your skin is connected to your body, which is to your muscles and goes to your skincare. So you want to be careful what you put on your body. Uh, that's why Givaderm products are made with all natural ingredients to keep your skin healthy. My family has used Givaderm and experienced. Uh, uh, my family has, uh, excuse me, my family has used Givaderm products and we love it because it works. If you would like to try Givaderm and experience this great American company, great American made product, go into my descriptions in this episode. There you're going to find a link to Givaderm and see what they have to offer you at checkout. Now, if you do go ahead and buy some at checkout, please use BGS Media 10. BGS Media 10 to get 10% off your product. Go ahead and check out Givaderm. Again, the description is in the link. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off with uh some news and i say news it's uh we knew this was coming and i went ahead and record the republican debate last week and uh that, that happened last wednesday night i didn't talk about it on the thursday show because at the time of recording it didn't happen yet and i'd rather be safe than sorry going forward ladies and gentlemen there was a lot of things that happened in the in this debate but 
it really wasn't all the fireworks that Fox News and I think Uvision tried to to bring out for people to watch this. Um, first off, Donald Trump was not there. And ladies and gentlemen, it was obvious. Um, Donald Trump right now lights up a room. I, I've been a strong supporter of Ron DeSantis for a while now. And reading some reports and seeing his performance... Uh, and look, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched about half of it. Um, that, that's how interesting I, that's how interested I was in it. Um, but Ron DeSantis, what I've seen and what I've read did a great performance. Um, was he the winner of the debate? I, that is still up for grabs. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Asami did not create no fireworks. There wasn't him and, uh, um, Nikki Haley duking it out on the stage. It was more of him trying to unite with these other Republicans. Um, this, this was just, um, it, it, it was it, not to say it was boring, but like, like the four candidate, the, the candidate from North Dakota, um, the governor poor dude had to cut in and out. Uh, it was really disorganized. Um, there was a lot of people talking over each other. It was, it was what I seen, um, what was not that great of a, it, it was not a debate that's going to live in history. It's the, uh, like the debate where Ronald Reagan, <clears throat> excuse me, told someone I paid for this mic, sir. That is an iconic. Um, that's an iconic, um, line and ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that debate is going to live in history. Um, the no new taxes by George Bush. That's a line that's going to live forever. Now, the reason that line lives forever is because he went there and he said, look, no new taxes. Then all of a sudden, George Bush, uh, the, I think it was Bush 41 went ahead and, uh, and, and passed new taxes while he was in his administration. So, but there's, there's a lot of debates that, that that's going to, I think even one with Kennedy, I think it's Kennedy and Nixon. There's, there's the base that, that live in history. This one ain't one of them. Nobody is going to re, going to remember this debate. Now there is rumors in Florida that Donald Trump possibly will attend that debate. If that happens, whoever is hosting, if it's Fox business or Fox news, they are going to go ahead and go through the roof with the ratings. Why? Because Donald Trump is there. Donald Trump is holding a well commanding lead of over 50%. Everybody else is behind him. Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump is not going to these debates. At first I even said, look, Donald Trump should be there to defend his record. But this is what caught me on this debate because Chris Christie called um, he ripped Donald Trump for not showing up to the debate, suggested new nickname, Donald Duck. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chris Christie needs to leave, leave the nicknames to uh, Donald Trump because Donald Trump, you know, uh, Lion Hillary, uh, Lion Ted, uh, Crooked Hillary, names that, now, I don't like Ron DeSantis. I, I don't think that's right. Ron, Ron DeSantis didn't do nothing to Donald Trump. Uh, I understand his primaries and stuff. So, but, but Donald Trump is real good at picking nicknames. Um, Chris Christie isn't one of them. And I look, I was watching this, this, um, this whole thing of Chris Christie saying that Donald Trump should have been there to defend his record. Donald Trump should be there. He's afraid. He's afraid to answer. Um, Donald Trump's administration prior to COVID-19 
was seeing some of the greatest um was seeing the greatest victories and some of the greatest economy the, the all we were energy independent under donald trump we had you know the economy was booming we there was so much stuff good for donald trump but why donald trump should show up to a debate and give his now look, like i said i think he should go that that's my personal opinion same thing with jeff landry here in the state of louisiana jeff landry has not shown up but to one debate now he has shown up to a debate so credit to jeff landry but every debate that has happened here in the state of louisiana has been low ratings and jeff landry has not shown up so nobody wants to watch it because jeff landry is the heavy, the heavy favorite going into the governor's race in two weeks but ladies and gentlemen the John, Donald Trump and Jeff Landry. Now, Jeff, if you're listening, I'm comparing you to Donald Trump, so you should be flattered. <laughs> um, but Jeff Landry and Donald Trump have a commanding lead over their other opponents. Strategy-wise, they shouldn't show up to say something crazy or it be the punching bag of everybody that is in that debate. Now, like I said, do I think they should show up for people can hear their views? Yes, absolutely. Now, Chris Christie wasn't the only one to to blame donald trump my own candidate that i favored that desantis called trump out this is from fox business during the debate for not attending uh not attending defending record missing in action um ladies and gentlemen they they went ahead and look donald trump not being there they still used the opportunity to attack donald trump now there was multiple other candidates that went ahead and 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 tried to separate themselves from trump but they really couldn't separate themselves from trump because early on in the debate i caught this and i even wrote this down watching this in the studio that it was kind of funny okay they were all criticizing donald trump for not being there you had i think it was seven candidates on that stage and there's a number of other candidates we have interviewed two presidential candidates on this podcast there's several other republican candidates in this race and ladies and gentlemen, they all say the same thing. We think Donald Trump should not be the candidate going forward. We could do better. Now, I, look, like I said, I like Ron DeSantis. I like his demeanor. I like how he, he answers questions. I love what he has done in the state of Florida. I don't live in Florida, but he has done some good things, and I think he would be a great president. This is why I disagree with Donald Trump on attacking Ron DeSantis because this could be a potential VP pick and set him up for 2028 if Donald Trump would be privileged to win in 2024. This is why I, I like Ron DeSantis. I've, I've said this from the beginning. Now, as the election has gone along, the primary season going along, I'm starting to lean more towards Donald Trump. Nothing against Ron DeSantis. And this is one of the reasons why I'm leaning more towards Donald Trump is because of what I'm about to say. Ladies and gentlemen, watching that debate, all these candidates, again, saying that Donald Trump was not the right, is not the right candidate. He shouldn't run. He should stay out of the race and let somebody else go into the over office or be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. But even Chris Christie was pointing to some things he would do that Donald Trump did in 2016 to 2020 when he was president of the United States. <clears throat> Excuse me. Heard several presidential candidates on that stage talk about a border wall. They were talking about um, things that Donald Trump would done. Uh, now, and even then, even coming to Mike Pence, Mike Pence was there. They brought something out about the by uh, the the Trump Pence administration. Pence wanted to answer. The moderators did not let him answer. I wish they would have because they did target 
Pence's administration because Pence was part of the Trump administration and he was going to go ahead and try to defend Donald Trump. But the moderators, of course, didn't didn't, didn't buy it. They were like, oh, we got to keep time. We got to keep time. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, like I said, I, I just it was just, it was a dawning thought to me. It was a dawning thought that, wow, hold on. All these people are saying that Donald Trump should not be the president of the United States, but they want to push his policies. Granted, the policies were good. They helped America. But I, me watching this debate, I started thinking about it. Wait a minute. If they want to push Trump policies into place, shouldn't we just vote Donald Trump in office? Ladies and gentlemen, that that that, that was just, it, it dawned on me prepping for this episode, and I wanted to talk about this debate. But that was the that was that was the center point of this whole debate that Donald Trump did not show up. Okay, Donald Trump did not show up. Everybody bashed Donald Trump, and then all of a sudden, the whole debate. Every time they had a, a, a question on immigration, on foreign policies, a Trump policy came up, and they were like, "Yes, that was good. We want to implement that again." Why not support the man that originally put that 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 point in the place in that policy in the place? Now we could say it's for power. We could say, and look, I'm glad we have choices in the Republican primary. By the time it comes to Louisiana, I don't know. We might only have like two or three left in the primary. If it's Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, I, right now I do lean towards Ron DeSantis, but I'm moving more closer to Donald Trump, especially after last night's debate. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump doesn't have to be there because these people are already going to push his policies and he can go ahead on stage and say, listen, they don't want me president, but they want to use all my policies. And look, I do agree with Lindsey Graham to an extent on this point. He said the Trump policies are not Trump policies without Donald Trump, meaning Donald Trump should be the nominee of the Republican Party. Now, ladies, now this this goes to a whole nother question because Daily Wire uh, reported that Trump campaign called on the RNC to cancel all remaining primary debates. Um, now this didn't come from Donald Trump. This came from his campaign. I think it was his campaign manager. Let me go ahead and pull up the article. Um, and, and this goes to a point though: if, if they do select Donald Trump, should they just go ahead and cancel the debates? Before I read the article, uh, let, me, let me make sure. Former President Donald Trump's presidential campaign called on the Republican National Committee to cancel all the remaining 2024 presidential primary debates and support Trump after the second primary debate on Wednesday. The former president sought to draw attention away from the other candidates by not attending the debate at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi, California. I want to see, uh, it was Chris uh, La Savati. It was the Trump campaign manager that said that. Now, look, I disagree with the Trump campaign manager. I think they should have debates. Like I said, I think Donald Trump should at least show up to one. Um, but it's not hurting Donald Trump either. If you go look at the Trump numbers, Trump numbers are more stronger than ever. Um, and now they also they also found him guilty of his uh, his company. Um, you know, doing business dealings. I think that's an appeal. We have to see what happens. I don't know the whole details of that, but even with Donald Trump's failures or Donald Trump's problems, he's still ahead. And the, the whole reason is because they're coming after me. That is Donald Trump's argument. But ladies and gentlemen, but going back to, to this, should they stop the presidential primary debates? No, I, I think the Democrat party should have one. I, if I'm look, if I'm Robert Kennedy and the other candidate, 
you go, you ask, so that no, no reliable news network would go ahead and host a debate with them too, but they should go ahead and say, hey, look, if the RNC, if the DNC is not going to do it, let us have a debate and let's invite President Joe Biden. If he does not show up, well, guess what? We'll have a debate and we'll criticize Biden. Now, Biden on a lot of polls are leading by 80% of the polling. Do I trust all polls? Same thing with the Republican Party. Do I trust? No, because Donald, we, the, the, the New Hampshire is going to be the first primary destination that we're going to see what's going on with these poll numbers. But ladies and gentlemen, they should, they, they should not stop the, 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 the debate. At the same time, though, I think people in the Republican Party, especially the candidates that are running, they listen. We, and just, I don't think it dawned on them. They, we want to push Trump policies, but we want to say that the man that originally put the policies is bad. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't, how does that work? Okay, if you now look, did Donald was Donald Trump the perfect president? No. Um, was Ronald Reagan the perf- perfect president? No. You didn't have a Abraham Lincoln was not the perfect president, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to have a perfect president. There's only one perfect, and that is God Almighty. And I don't think he's looking for the job of president when he got the God of the universe under his title. So he's not looking for president. That's the only one that's perfect. But ladies and gentlemen. That these 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 presidential debates these these people got before they talk about bad about Donald Trump they need to realize they're they want to do the same thing Donald Trump does so like I said who's the winner who's the loser of Wednesday night's debate nobody moved the needle it wasn't a drop mic moment um, it didn't move the RNC to go ahead and say listen we're gonna stop the debates or whatnot which they shouldn't do um, ladies and gentlemen. I, if, they, if all the candidates just step aside, I doubt Chris Christie does because Chris Christie is anti Donald Trump and he thinks everything Donald Trump did was wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, it's like I said, even him, he came out and said a few things about Trump policies that he liked and he would implement if he was president of the United States, like closing the border. So ladies and gentlemen, we would have to see what's going on, goes going forward. But like I said, I just... Man, I, I this this debate did not move any needles for me. It didn't move no needles whatsoever. And we're just going to have to wait and see what's going on in the near future. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the evening. So please sit back and wait uh, for the second segment. We'll be right back in a few moments. So stay tuned. That the four things that I think are most important is to be tough on hardened criminals. The criminal justice system, you got to help out people. And I did this for years and years and years as a prosecutor. Probably 80 to 85% of the people that came through the uh, the DA's office and through my prosecution experience, they, they got help to get back on track. About 15% were just hardened criminals that didn't deserve to be helped. They needed to go somewhere where they could not be a danger to you and I. And so we took care of putting those people in that place. I will fight for victims' rights. I've been a vice president of Crime Fighters, the largest victims group in the state, and dealt with victims all across the state uh, and and helped them uh, navigate the criminal justice system and, and soothe their broken and aching hearts from their losses. And so I would continue to do that. I'd promote the early intervention program, and I would always, always, always be pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-Louisiana and fight for all your constitutional rights. So if you want somebody like me that has a tough on crime background, I think uh, you'd be well suited to join our team. And uh, I would be honored 
to have your vote on October 14th. This message is authorized by the campaign to elect Marty Mayer, Attorney General. Welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. Today, got two devices, well, three devices on, if you count the computer that we're recording us on, but got a lot of devices on right now. Um, So before we get into our main topics, I do want to bring this out, uh, three, a couple of stories that I've seen uh, that, that kind of made me scratch my head. Uh, Colin Kaepernick compared the NFL to slavery. Remember with his Netflix series, you say how they have to go ahead and have to show their ability and they go on a trading block and you have to hope you get picked. That, that, that's kind of remind him of slavery. Uh, but now he wants to play for the Jets. In the article, who wrote the article, he said he is nuts, and I agree with him. Um, if you remember, Colin Kaepernick was a quarterback that took a knee uh, he, he, he protests the anthem and people will tell me he never protests the anthem. Or, no, he protests the anthem and he'll protest the flag. A lot of people say he protests the anthem and he never protests the flag. His home press conference after that game said, I cannot stand for a flag. That's his words. He said flag, not anthem flag, but he, he, he compared the NFL to the, uh, to the, to slavery Later, look, um, props, props to Colin Kaepernick early in his career. He went to the Super Bowl. He was an awesome quarterback at the beginning of his career. Later in his career, he sucked. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it just like that. But um, he wants to play for the NFL now. Remember, he compared this to uh, to slavery. Why the Jets? Well, the Jets were uh, is the team that Aaron Rodgers plays for. And unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers had an injury to his calf, and he is out for the season. But now... Colin Kaepernick wants to take this opportunity after calling the NFL a slave organization. He wants to take the opportunity and play for the NFL again. Big problem. Ladies and gentlemen, he, he's not a good player. That's why he does not play. It's not nothing to do with the flag, nothing to do with all. Cause I, I promise you. Yeah. He is a player that holds a lot of controversy, but the NFL, if you could play, if you could play football, they probably would go ahead and get you. Okay. But at the same time they did, they, it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Um, Senator Dianne Feinstein died. A uh, long-time long California senator was 90 years old. She cast the vote, had to go home sick, and unfortunately, she passed away. Uh, like I said on my TikTok, pray for the, pray for her and the fam- pray for her family. Um, her family uh, will need prayer because they did lose a, lo- a loved one. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, keep them in prayer. So that Diane Feinstein now, this does bring implication. Uh, like when I first did the TikTok, it was just happened. I wasn't going to talk politics. It's a few days later now. Diane Feinstein dying plays a big role in the Senate now because remember, Democrats were calling for Bob, uh, Bob Manzini's resignation because he took bribery cases. Uh, he took briberies to uh, get political favors. Um, ladies and gentlemen, or, or for political favors, same thing. Joe Biden did, but nobody's called for his resignation. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that plays a big role now. You, will you still hear for his resignation? Because if see if he leaves, Senator Mitch McConnell will become the Senate president, uh, Senate leader until they get another Democrat into office. Now, I don't think Gavin Newsom is going to waste too much time because probably Chuck Schumer already called him and said, "Hey, you got somebody." So this, you know, her death does plays a big role, but I don't think it's going to be that major of a role. We're not going to have people. 
uh, up there doing all all this stuff. Now, I do have a main story. I, 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 these stories I do want to talk about. Uh, Biden administration issues restriction on gas furnaces, uh, fur, uh, furnaces in the latest war on appliances. Ladies and gentlemen, he came after your stove. He came after your heater. He came after your water heater. Now they want to go ahead and get gas furnaces out the way. Ladies and gentlemen, what this does he think we live in Saudi Arabia? Or does he think we live in a third world nation that the dictators can tell say what to do? Ladies and gentlemen, this president is trying to invoke his power on every aspect of your life. Your cars, your hot water tank, your ceiling fans. We heard that the other day. Ladies and gentlemen, President Joe Biden is not acting like a president. He's acting like a dictator. Now, we don't know. You know, I know why, because his party's telling him to do all this and it's green energy in the name of green energy. They're trying to they try to make you live pitiful. But not them. The White House probably has top of the art everything. Oh, the you, the White House don't have gas. Well, I, okay, I understand it, but they got top of the art everything. It's funny how the president pu pushing these EVs, but he hasn't told the Secret Service, hey, put EVs for me on my Secret Service detail. It's, it's, I'm, it's just funny. It's also funny how he's fighting gun registration. They have an article uh, the other day talking about how he... Uh, he's he's trying to put gun restrictions. He started this new uh, White House, uh, I guess, think tank or whatever, uh, some type of organize, uh, some type of committee that's going to look at gun violence, and they're going to take away from they got resources from other agencies. Ladies and gentlemen, this pre it's funny how the president wants to do that for for the people of the United States, but he won't tell his Secret Service agents. I don't believe in guns. You need to keep your guns off of you. You never hear the pre you never hear any president say that. And ladies and gentlemen, that's that's the hypocrisy in all this. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Hair Club. Uh, um, in America, hair loss is a problem for most adults. 60% of men will have to deal with hair loss by the age of 50. And 50% of women will experience hair loss in their lifetime. Now, some people may not be worried about their rescinding hairline. But if you are, I want to tell you about Hair Club. Hair Club has 40 years dedicated to restoring hair and rebuilding confidence. They have over 650 expert consultants and 120 uh, locations across America, big company, ladies and gentlemen, to help you on your journey to stop your hair loss. If you would like to see what Hair Club can do for you, go to the description of this video and hit the link to their website and schedule an appointment with one of their consultants and, you, and get, uh, get what you need to restore your hair. Remember to use the promo code BGSmedia10 at checkout to get 10% off the price. So, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and check out uh, another great affiliate with us, a, a new partner, Hair Club. They're, they are brand new partners. Go ahead and check them out. All right, so let's continue with our stories. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the, 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 the impeachment inquiry started this week. And, ladies and gentlemen, it was a, it was, it was a show. All right, um, we have we have evidence that President Joe Biden knew about his family dealings. Remember when this first started coming out? It was the president did not know anything about Hunter Biden's business dealings. It, he didn't even talk to Hunter Biden. Then all of a sudden, the story started to change to where now we have this impeachment inquiry starting out. And it's 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 bring it's, it's bringing it had some key witnesses. And ladies and gentlemen, it's funny how the Democrats are doing this impeachment inquiry. They're acting like this is the impeachment trial, which it isn't. Normally, excuse me, normally 
Impeachment inquiries do go to impeachments on the Senate floor. It happens. But it might, this might change. Look, if there's no evidence against Joe Biden, the Democrats need to prove that there was no evidence or what the evidence that the Republican Party says they have, Biden and his team of lawyers have to prove that, that was, they're, they're looking at the evidence wrong or it's, made, it's a political witch hunt. That's how this needs to go because this is this impeachment inquiry needs to be done like this. Now, Hunter Biden and his father, uh, well, Hunter Biden and James Biden, Joe Biden's brothers, bank records have been subpoenaed at the end of this impeachment inquiry. James Comey went ahead and announced those subpoenas right after his closing statements. But ladies and gentlemen, it was, like I said, watching this or seeing what was going on, it was funny how the Democrats... Um, went into this impeachment inquiry. First off, it uh, coming from the Daily Wire, James Comey did a great job in breaking down the uh, the, the key arguments of the Democrats. Um, um, during his closing arms, Comey said Democrats focused on arguing against impeachment Biden at the time at a time when the inquiry is at an early stage and investigations are still gathering evidence that could later support the articles of impeachment. Now, before I read on, uh, well, let me finish reading. My Democrat colleagues have used this hearing to talk about impeachment, not an inquiry, but actual articles of impeachment. We aren't talking about impeachment today, and they know that. Comey said, unlike Democrat investigators, this committee under my leadership does not launch investigations based on predetermined conclusions. He added, we have entered an impeachment inquiry because our, as of our witnesses have testified the evidence justifies that this is how an investigation is supposed to work. Why did he say that? Because I think he said some more. Um, no, that, that was the end of his statement. Uh, why did he say this? Well, because if you remember the Trump impeachments, especially the first one, the second one, Trump, Donald Trump didn't even have an impeachment inquiry. They said, hey, he caused the insurrection. Congress, get back in here. We're having an impeachment vote. And the Republicans are like, what? Where's the inquiry? We don't need to inquire. We're going to push it. We have so much evidence. We don't need to even investigate it. That's why James Coleman said this was a predetermined conclusion. The Democrats, when, when January 6th happened, they were already in, in full-blown mode to say, look, we need to find something against Donald Trump. They found something, and they went ahead and they impeached him. The first impeachment, which is, was uh, him, uh, Donald Trump talking to Zelensky and asking Zelensky for some help onto an investigation, they said it was a quick pro quo, Impeach the president because of a phone call. When the impeachment inquiries happen, the Republicans try to go into the room to hear the hearing. And guess what? The Democrats locked the doors. And what was their argument? Well, this is our impeachment inquiry. We are investigating Donald Trump. They already had they, they already determined that Donald Trump was guilty for just making a phone call and asking a, a president for help on an investigation. So that's why Joe Comey said, hey, predetermined. And also, he, he he did throw a shot at them by saying, hey, you know, this is how an investigation is supposed to happen with y'all guys in the room and my the, the right, the, the Republicans being in the room and we're talking and we're investigating together. That's how an impeachment inquiry is supposed to happen. But ladies and gentlemen, and, and look, Jamie Raskin, the guy, and this was one of the, I think he was the chief um, impeacher, whatever, I guess you, I've, I've, the name forgets me the, the terminology that he uses, but Jimmy Kratzkin was one of them that were, that, 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 that pushed one of the impeachments of Donald Trump. Now, and look, like this, like he said, like James Gomez said, this is, a, this is an investigation. 
we might talk about an impeachment down the road. We don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, he went ahead and and why did he make this statement as well? Well, because the Democrats in this whole hearing were not talking about what they weren't asking the questions to the witnesses. You know what they were trying to do? Trying to switch this impeachment in hearing inquiry and focus on Donald Trump. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This comes from Fox News. Um, Democrats seek to switch Biden impeachment inquiry hearing focus to Trump. Democrats on House Oversight Committee reportedly sought to focus the attention on former President Donald Trump during the Republican-led impeachment inquiry hearing on President Biden on Thursday. The committee led by uh, Chairman James Comey, we talked about him earlier, held his first impeachment inquiry public hearing where members presented evidence uncovering the dates as part of their investigation into the Biden family dealing business dealings while extreming the values of the inquiry. Committee Democrats reportedly accused Republicans of taking cues from Trump in launching the inquiry and used the opportunity to highlight the former president's more um, merit legal issues. This is a few of some of the Democrats. Coast President Trump has gone on his social media account and said we should be impeaching President Biden. Remark uh, ranking member Jamie Raskin said in an opening statement, Kevin McCarthy said we have an impeachment inquiry. You draw the conclusion directly or indirectly. This impeachment inquiry was the result of President Trump's uh, pressure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, what about the Trump impeachments? Nancy Pelosi would think that he he clipped his toenails wrong. She was pushing uh, impeachment. It's scandalous to use impeachment to establish a counterfeit moral equivalent between President Biden, a honorable public service who has never been indicted or convicted of anything in his career of more than 50 years in public service. Ratchet continued. And Donald Trump, a twice impeached president on false claims, things that have never been proven. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and also things that were not done in order. Jamie Raskin forgot to say that. Uh, who has recently found in court to have sexual abuse and defamed a woman who frankly inf uh, inflated the value of his real estate properties while facing 91 criminal counts in four separate indictments on everything from conspiracy to overthrow an election and to defend the American people to making criminal hush money payments to stealing classified government documents and handing them and uh, holding them while obstructing justice. That was Jamie Raskin's um, view of what, what he, he tried to switch it on. Gary Conley accused the Republicans of trying to distract and deflect before launching into a guessing game with the only Democrat appointed witness, law professor Michael Goro, in which he insisted Biden's name for Trump in order to try to illustrate that Trump, not Biden, should be investigated. So ladies and gentlemen, when all else fell, blame Donald Trump. That is the Democrats' model right now. Uh, one Republican, I, I can't remember the lady's name, but she said, it's funny how Donald Trump lives in your, your brain rent-free. He, he lives in your thinking rent-free. So, ladies and gentlemen, these Democrats know that there's something there. There, there's, Remember, these are the same people just three, three years ago. But say whistleblowers, could, their name could not even be said because it would violate whistleblower call. Oh, excuse me. Whistleblowers, um, uh, whistleblowers, uh, testimonies. Ladies and gentlemen, it's funny how they're trying to turn. And like I said, when all else fails, blame Trump. That's, that's the Democrats' model right now. And ladies and gentlemen, they don't want to ask the questions or they don't want to, um, they don't want to go ahead and, 
and, and, and really talk about the things like a $260,000 check go or 260,000 in Chinese wires to Hunter Biden's listed Joe Biden's home as a benefactor address. Don't you think Joe Biden is looking at his mail? Ladies and gentlemen, it went to Joe Biden's home. And Joe Biden says he don't know, but the Democrats don't want to focus on the evidence. They just want to go ahead and blame Trump. Or they want to go ahead and do, like Jamie Raskin did, this stupid, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, that he wanted to call Rudy Giuliani and a few other people into the hearing. He put, he moved the motion. Yeah, he put, he put a motion to bring Rudy Giuliani into impeachment hearing. Why? Rudy Giuliani ain't on trial Donald Trump ain't even on impeachment see that's what I don't understand these people are blaming Donald Trump and trying to switch it back to Donald Trump when it's not even Donald Trump's the main focus Donald Trump's already got their focus on four impeachments not four impeachments two impeachments he had their focus on two impeachments and his four indictments but ladies and gentlemen when all else fails the Democrat party goes ahead and blames Donald Trump and it just it's just bizarre to me that just two years ago you could Democrats wouldn't even let Republicans in. But now the Republicans are trying to do right, and these Democrats are trying to trying to disprove these impeachment inquiries instead of looking at it to say, look, why you not even arguing not see that's another thing too, not even arguing these claims away. They're not saying, well, look, we have evidence that Joe Biden didn't do this stuff. And here's the evidence. And asking the witnesses try to do, trying to prove that Joe Biden is, is, is not guilty. Nope, they just go ahead and blame Donald Trump. Because, ladies and gentlemen, all the evidence that we've seen so far, like I said, look, Biden is not guilty until he faces his impeachment trial. But, ladies and gentlemen, all the evidence we've seen, he should have been impeached two years ago when all this stuff started coming out. But the Republicans are trying to do right. Because government was meant to be slow. But ladies and gentlemen, with all this evidence, and the, the Democrats are so focused on Donald Trump, trying to get Donald Trump out of the White House. So um, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take our break. We have a guest on the third segment. I forgot to mention it on the the, the, the third segment. Uh, I forgot to mention it on the first segment, but I want to mention it here. We got Mr. Albert Guillory. He's running for lieutenant governor here in the great state of Louisiana. Our second time visiting with him on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back in a few moments. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let me tell you what I will do if you make me your lieutenant governor. First, I'm going to address the crime problem. We have to reduce crime in our major cities, particularly in New Orleans, but all across Louisiana. We must reduce the crime. The second thing that I will do differently is that I will sell all of Louisiana. Our state is wonderful, it's beautiful. North Louisiana is unique. Central Louisiana, unique. Cajun country, absolutely unique. All of Louisiana must be sold to the tourists of the world. The third thing that I will do is I will have a legislative staff, just as I had when I was a state representative and a state senator. And we will find common sense solutions to the major problems of Louisiana. And we have so many problems like the high crime, like 
the rotten education system that our children are languishing in. Too many bad roads and too few decent paying jobs. Those are the kinds of problems that I will address. I will not be a party boy. Well, I'll, I'll do a little partying when I'm selling Louisiana to the tourists of the world, but when the party's over, I'll be able to roll up my sleeves and get to the serious business of addressing the problems of Louisiana and Louisiana's people. Those are the things that I will do if you make me your Lieutenant Governor. From white-collar criminals to violent crime, Marty Maley has prosecuted it all. A professional criminal prosecutor, not a politician. A statewide leader among professional prosecutors. An instructor for local law enforcement and police officers. Marty Maley cares. He's the leader of an early intervention program to keep children out of crime and jail. An attitude of service, a heart for people. Marty Maley, Attorney General. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. Today, as advertised in earlier segments, we have our good friend, Mr. Albert Guillory in with us today for this third segment. This is the second time he has been on, and I hope many more after this election and all. But, Mr. Guillory, welcome back to the Cajun Conservative Show. How you doing? Doing well. It's great to be back here with you and with your audience. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're always happy to have you in the, you know, you're, you're, you're an uplifting person. When, uh, when I go ahead and I, I meet you at events and stuff, you're not shy. You don't run away from me. You, you come to me. So I, that's rare in my uh, my profession. But uh, but you always lift me up. You always uh, talk to us about the show, and we always talk about your race. So it's an honor and a privilege to have you back in the studio. The privilege is mine. To, to, to see a young man who is godly and conservative, uh, your values are American values. And that's we are brothers. Yep, we are. Well, I'm the older brother, but oh, a little older than me, <laughs> just a little bit. How's the campaign going? Going very well, very well. We are all over Louisiana all the time. I put a lot of miles on. The, we're coming up in the last eighteen months, coming up on about a hundred thousand miles. Wow, man, you've been traveling the state now. Now, what what parts of the? You, I know you've been all over, but. You know, more up north, more downs here. Well, what's your what's your target area for for voters? Oh, every every, every place, yeah every yeah every place every corner. I mean, we've been to places that you, you I can't even remember all the names of little little towns that are all over the place. But North Louisiana, Central Louisiana, down by the Gulf of Mexico, all over. Yes, indeed. And you've been to Pats a few times. I know that. I've, I've seen you over there. We was at a, we were at an event uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Bayou on the Bash. That's right. I, I was working it, but you you were there to speak, and you did an excellent speech, by the way. So thank you, thank you very much. You, you and Marty, you and Marty, uh, y'all 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 some good guys to to be. You know, y'all 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 got some, y'all some good value guys. Y'all were there speaking along with a couple of other people like John Stefanski and uh, Stephen Wagaspak. Y'all y'all did pretty good. I call Marty Reverend Malin because he's uh, he he preaches. I mean, he, I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, he preaches in his in his speeches. Oh, in his speeches, right? But 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 as you know, as a minister, and I'm I'm a 
Now you Baptist, I'm Pentecostal, but it's still the same flavor. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, you know, we can't go on a microphone without preaching Jesus Christ. We have to. Have that's to. that's our guiding light. That's our director. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that that book, I, I told somebody uh, yesterday. We was talking about praying and reading and i said look I, and it was a younger guy i said hey you uh you watch film when you play football he goes oh you have to i said you read the playbook oh i have to i gotta know the plays i said well in life we gotta we gotta have our prayer time with the lord that's our watching film and reading the bible hey that's our game that's our game plan so when we in the game hey we know what to do that's absolutely true i gotta use that <laughs> <laughs> i'll send it to you in a text so you don't forget <laughs> so so let's talk about let's talk about the campaign a little bit um you're running against billy nungasser um yes uh, I, you know, we we reached out to the Nungaster campaign. They never returned our phone calls or anything like that. We saw Billy the other day, uh, and look, Billy's doing a good job on tourism. He is bringing some some stuff, but it's funny. Every state, their lieutenant governor has a lot more responsibility, and we know with John Bell Edwards, John Bell is a a, a Democrat. Billy's a Republican, so there might be some friction right there, but. When I hear you speak and I hear you talk about the lieutenant governor's position, you want to do more than just focus on tourism. And elaborate on that a little bit, Mr. Gary, because uh, you talk about, you know, legislative uh, offices for your your office of lieutenant governor. And nine out of ten, we should have a Republican governor in there. So, you know, let's elaborate on, on what you want to do more than just tourism. I'm going to do two things different. First, I'm not just going to do tourism around the New Orleans area. Right now, when we're selling Louisiana to the rest of the world, it's basically the New Orleans Mardi Gras. Uh, there's a lot more to New Orleans than just Mardi Gras. Right. And I'm going to sell New Orleans. I'm going to make New Orleans a little safer also because the crime in New Orleans is chasing people away from Louisiana, driving tourism down. Tourism is down this year okay. for the first time in years. But I'm going to sell Cajun country, central Louisiana, north Louisiana. There are so many wonders. If, all you have to do is look. If you travel Louisiana, you will find beautiful, wonderful things in every corner of Louisiana. I'm going to sell every corner of Louisiana. But in addition to that, being a, and, and I, I can sell. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a country boy from Cajun country. Man, we, you know we know how to dance, we can yep. cook, we sing, we, we have fun, and we can sell. People want to come to here to have fun, we will sell the fun and the beauty of Louisiana. But in addition to that, I'm going to, because of my experience as a state representative and a state senator, I know how to identify problems and draft legislation, draft bills to solve those problems. And so I'll be drafting legislation in, to deal with the problems of crime, the problems of, of bad education, uh, the, too many potholes and too few jobs that, that pay and support families. So I'll be in the game. I'm not going to just sit on the sideline. I'm not that kind of guy. Can, can the lieutenant governor do that now? Sure. There's nothing to prevent it. I've had three government attorneys take a close look at what I plan to do and, and what's, what the lieutenant governor does now. And nothing prevents me from doing this. And so I will take some of my folks and assign them to legislative duties 
because I look, I've managed state agencies in Maryland, Pennsylvania, Illinois, short time in Illinois, uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, my experience in government spans years and years. Being a good manager, I can go in there and find some fat, and I'll uh, I'll make it work a little bit better. But there'll be enough fat in that budget right now for me to have a, a small legislative staff. And all I need is about three or four legislative workers, then we'll be able to raise some sand in the name of the Lord. Amen, amen. Now, I got a question on because, you know, I, we did, like I said, I heard Billy speak the other day, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Mr. Nungasser. But, the, you know, you, you were talking about these things at the speech we were at, and the first thing he came up was saying that, uh, tourism is good. We have a lot of, he done a lot. And look, we, like I said, I'm not going to go ahead and deny his accomplishments as Lieutenant governor in that span. But you know, I, my, my feeling is that you could do a lot more with that position. And, you know, I, to my knowledge, you never attacked Billy Nungesser. You, oh, you no. have, you have acknowledged his accomplishments, but you think they could be more. And I, I, you know, Mr. Guillory, I don't want to call Billy Nungas part of the good old boy network. Like I said, I never met the man. I would love to meet him, but you know, it, it, it's always like that. Louisiana's like, well, a lot of politicians say, well, Louisiana's good. Yeah, we know we can do better, but we're all right. We're comfortable in that. And I don't like that. We have to have change. If, if you, if you look at Louisiana now, you can't be satisfied with what we're doing. No, we have to have bold new leadership. And I, I, I'm 79 years old. I'm not here for for the long haul. I'm not I'm not looking for a career. I've had my careers. The only thing I want is four years so that I can make some specific changes, because we can do better. We we've got to do better. Do you see? Do you see maybe you know? And look on that note, maybe Billy wants to do something, but because of the governor, cause like like we said, nine out of ten we should have a Republican or at least an independent governor in the office coming forward. Well. Billy and the and the present governor have gotten along very well. They don't they don't have friction between them. They okay. they've worked well together. But I, I I can work well across the lines okay. of of party, of race, of whatever whatever lines they are. I don't play the, that kind of politics. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to go and get the job done. And I'm just I'm just not satisfied with the Louisiana that we have today. Do you do um, so going forward? We have you know, uh, you voted today as we recorded Saturday. You you went ahead and early vote. Uh, Saturday started the the early voting process that runs until the sixth of October, and then we have the rest of the we have one more week until election day. So we have two weeks to this election. You know, um, you already told me you're 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 planning on still traveling these last two weeks, which you have to do. What you know going forward, how the campaign like what's the campaign doing to get more voters out there? I'm seeing a lot of your signs out there, especially in the Lafayette area. Uh, I have crews in North Louisiana today uh, putting out signs, but I'm going to tell you a secret. You will be the first to know this. Okay, to have this information. This is, so this is breaking news on the podcast. This right is now. breaking news. Hey, we are going to have a we have an airplane and a pilot. We're going to do an old-fashioned barnstorming <laughs> tour of Louisiana wow. in one day. We will hit Lake Charles. 
Shreveport, Monroe, Alexandria, Baton Rouge, uh, Lafayette. Wow. We're going to fly the state on a, just this an old-fashioned barnstorming tour. And that, that's happening this week or that's happening in a couple of days? It'll, it'll be during the next two, two weeks. Okay. We haven't chosen the date yet, but we'll know that. I, as soon as I know it, I'm going to call you and let yeah, you know. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, we, we, if you're around, we'd like to go hang out with you for a little bit. Uh, definitely. I, I definitely want you at, at at least one of those stops <laughs> yeah. so we can, uh, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It sounds like fun. And, you know, Mr. Giller, you, you said something earlier, and I, I like how you said that. You said that it's time for a change. Um, you know, we talked, uh, you know, uh, we've talked to Mr. Wagaspack. We're planning on having him on. We talked to a few other candidates. They wanted to come on, uh, schedule conflicts and stuff like that. But, you know, not, nothing against the Republican candidates. Um, I think we need to go ahead and attack uh, the Democrat Party because their policies have failed us the last eight years. And, and you know, we, I'm going to call his nickname the way we call it, Pothole Wilson, is, you know, he, he, he might think he's qualified, but he's not qualified to be a governor of Louisiana. Jeff, Wax, John, Sherrod, um, you know, even Hunter Lundy has a lot more qualifications to be governor. So going forward, you know, like the last two weeks, um, it is expected uh, probably going to be uh, Wilson and Jeff in the runoff. What do you see going forward in the office that if you know that you're going to be taking as lieutenant governor, but the 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 your ranking member, which is the governor, what do you see going forward that race? I do believe that Jeff Landry is probably going to be the next governor, and Jeff and I have been friends over the last twenty years. We'll be able to work together. However, if something happens. Mm-hmm. And Sean Wilson is the, the governor. I can promise you, Sean and I will be able to work together. Uh, we may not be the best of buddies today, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can. It's, it's about ideas and not personalities. Yeah. If, the, if, if this is a big pr- crime, is a big problem, we have to resolve that crime. The, the, the problem of education affects every single person in Louisiana. It drives businesses away. It drives people away. 40,000 people left Louisiana last year. Wow. So they go somewhere else and get jobs and, and, and educate their children. So we've, we've got to do better. Or it goes to the point like this. The kids get educated here, then they go to another state. Exactly. And, and that that's a problem, too, because... Like Tops, I'm, I'm not against Tops. I think Tops was a real good program. Did it have its issues? Yeah, but overall, it was a good, a good, uh, a good tool to use for kids to get educated here. But what's sad is they use Tops, use the state funding to get a degree, then they go to Texas or they go to Arkansas and even now Mississippi. Uh, and this is the leadership of the government there. Um, Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Greg Abbott in Texas, and I, I can't remember the Republican governor in Mississippi, but these states are thriving. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, they, they're, they're thriving. And it's like we have, we're that one bad blue dot in the South, and we, we need to do something different. And this is why, you know, and I, I, I don't endorse a lot of candidates too much, but this is why I'm endorsing you for lieutenant governor. Thank because, you. You know, because you, you want to bring change. And... Look, like I said, I never met Mr. Nungatzer. I think Mr. Nungatzer probably looks like he's a real good guy, but 
you know, there's a lot of people that tell me that they say, Isaac, you know, we got a lieutenant governor that's Republican, but we, we see him leaning more, like you said, good friends with John Bear Edwards. That's a bad image, especially for conservatives here in Louisiana. I, I, Billy and I have been friends for a long time, and it's one of our differences is that I'm a rock-solid conservative. Right. I'm a hard-nosed, red-blooded, red-meat conservative. And I've been that since I was a little boy. That's my mom and daddy. Right. And they were Democrats, but they were rock-solid conservatives. And so those values, we were talking a little earlier about the American values that you have. It, it, those are the same American values of my mom and my daddy. And, and, and that's how I was brought up. So I have to stay with that. I, I, that's one of the differences is that I will fight for doing it the right way, the godly way, and the American way. And that's, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Uh, so, you know, election night, you're, we, I did talk to your son, L. We are supposed to have you on election night coverage here through virtual. Uh, but what, what's your plans for election night if we don't get to see you before? I suspect that we're going to have a nice party somewhere, probably in Lafayette. Okay. Uh, probably, hopefully, at uh, at Prejean's or a place like that where we can eat some good food and have a little adult beverage every now and then and celebrate. Right. Uh, and look, I'm booked. <laughs> I wish I would. You, you and Blake, y'all and Blake, uh, Blake call, uh, Blake came here the other day and he was like, man, dude, we having some at Pat's, man. You want to come? I was like, <sighs> and I would offer to go film live there, but man, we got so many guests coming on and we got things happening that night because we're going to have Mr. William Wallace on that he called. He said he's going to be on with us. Uh, we got Kelby Dago that's going to spend some time with us. So we got, we got some good, we got some good insight into this election coming up, but I, on a serious note, you know, I hope we call your name on election night that you have won Lieutenant governor. Cause you're not, you know, a lot of people, think it's only Billy running in this race. Uh, Fox News 15 quoted that he was running on the polls, and I'm like, well, that's some bad journalism. <laughs> I'm not even a journalist, Mr. Guillory, and I knew that, that you and him were running. I didn't know you had four other candidates, I believe, in that race as well. So, you know, there, there's, still, there's still a lot of people involved uh, in this race. But, yeah, it's, it's going to – I'm hoping I'm hoping that we at least get into a runoff at least. Absolutely. I, I'm looking for – a runoff between me and Billy, and uh, at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, I expect to become the lieutenant governor. And four years from now, I uh, will be able to look you in the eye and say, "This is what I did." So right now, when I, I mean, my first, my freshman year, my first year, my rookie year as a state representative, I created Louisiana's reentry program for people who are incarcerated to keep them from having to come back into jails. It was such it was such a good program that they put me in the Louisiana Justice Hall of Fame. Wow. And I was the I was uh, chosen the legislator of the year. Rookie, rookie year. So I know how to get things done. And I if I could do that my first year and I was I was just a rookie. Now that I'm an old head. <laughs> oh. You're not, you're not old, Mr. Giller. You're just a recycled teenager. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Well, I have the energy of a of a young young boy and the wisdom of an old man. Hey, in one body. That's one body. You keep on going. <laughs> keep on trucking, Mister Giller. Before we uh, close out this segment and this uh, this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show, uh, what would you like to tell your voters that are listening today? And um, you know, could we we also reach a national audience? If you want to say anything to the national audience while you're at it, my country and my state are going down the toilet right now. If we don't get together and hold hands, and we have to understand that we're all in the same canoe. We can't let these bad guys separate us. They want to separate us red from blue, black from white, poor from from wealthy, from middle class. Uh, we, we, we have to, we're all in the same boat. Yep. When, when this ship sinks, we are, we are all down there in the water. So we've got to pull together, we've got to unify I hope that we can get God back into America, into American schools and everywhere else. Let's uh, let's bring it back for America and for God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we've been keeping your prayers. My dad prayed for you earlier, right, when he got in here. So, you know, we're praying that the Lord uses you and guides you. And like I said, you, you're going to be endorsed by the Cajun conservative for lieutenant governor. So, uh, you know, I hope that's a privilege and an honor. You know, it's... We hand them out rarely, but we're going to hand them out to you. I appreciate it, and it'll be on my uh, Facebook page this afternoon. Hey, I, if y'all need some pictures, let me know. <laughs> thank you. Mr. Guillory, thank you for coming again, and uh, hope that we'll hear from you on election night, and uh, we'll hope it's a, a victory speech that we hear from you. Absolutely. For us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was Mr. Albert Guillory. He is running for the lieutenant governor's seat here in Louisiana uh, against Billy Nungester and a couple of other um, candidates. So go ahead and check out uh, Mr. Guillory's website, Facebook page. And uh, if you want to vote for him, see how you can help him out and volunteer on that end. They give some money. They need money. So every politician needs money. So go ahead and help him out. With that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show. Remember that Jesus Christ is king. He's coming back, and he's coming back soon. So don't be faint of heart because Jesus has overcome the world. If you want to know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, reach out to me at thecajunconservative5 at gmail.com, and I will send you an email back telling you how to make Jesus your Savior in heaven your home. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged, and always remember to subscribe, follow, and tell a friend. You have a good one. Be blessed, be encouraged. Jesus Christ has risen and he is the open door.